Hey everybody, welcome back to the Coffee and Convos podcast. I'm your host Alyssa and I'm really excited because today I am with Hebran from Bien Made, a really, really dope agency and he could talk more about this more than I can. But welcome to the podcast, Hebran. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'd love to start with you introducing yourself and just telling us your story. Okay, absolutely. So I always... Um, when I introduce myself, uh, it always starts off with like, my name is Gibran, Gibran, or G, you know, because um, my name in Spanish is pronounced Gibran, but in English it's sometimes like very hard, so um, it's just been like a ongoing thing with like since kindergarten, like, oh, you can call me like, honestly, like, y- you have your choice of three three things that you can call me, you know, yeah. Gibran, Gibran, or G, so uh, I prefer G, uh, just because I'm, I'm very casual and laid back, um, and I am the uh, co-founder of Bien, uh, we are a local binational agency here in San Diego, and um, yeah, I mean, I've been working in, uh, just in general, since I was very, very young, I grew up uh, with my parents uh, being immigrants here. And they kind of instilled like this crazy work culture in me. So I, whenever I think about like my job uh, resume and stuff, it's like, damn, I've been working for like over half my life already. So Jeez. <laughs> yeah, That's so intense. it's intense. But but for me, it's like it's fun. You know, I really like what I do. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I grew up in in San Diego um, with you know Tijuana always being part of my life. So. For me, like the border is not really like a thing. It's just like it's there, but like you know, going to TJ to the doctor or to family's birthday party, it's always been like a thing. So, uh, yeah, I grew up here, and then um, when I was 24 years old, I I moved over to uh, San Francisco. Oh, actually, no, I moved to Paris when I was 19, and then uh, San Francisco, and then most recently Mexico City is where. Uh, I came from mm-hmm. and before I started Bien I was working more in the, the corporate world so I worked with uh, in restaurants and hotels like I worked for Starwood hotels for Andas hotels and then my career kind of took me into the financial world like really weird but I started working with uh, banks um, specifically for hospitality things like mm-hmm. restaurant things with Amex and Citibank so that's why I, I moved to Mexico City but yeah, just kind of got fed up with shit and was like, I want to go back <laughs> home and home being California because I didn't really know I was going to stay in San Diego yeah. again. I really was just looking to kind of come back to SD and then just go back to SF, which at the time I had a, a sublet up there that I left. So um, it was it kind of caught me by surprise that I wanted to to kind of stay in San Diego after years of kind of not hating on it, but just being like, oh, I don't want to go home, you know, like... Mm. I think there's other cooler cities and kind of took me a while to just see like, you know, like, wow, there is cool things here. And there's a lot of opportunity as a creative too to just kind of, you know, stand out a little bit yeah. more than an SF or, or even Mexico City for that matter. Really? Yeah. I love that. I love that you said there's a different opportunity to stand out. Um, and what makes Bien Made stand out specifically? So Bien Made... Um, uh, so Bien Made is our handle, but the actual name of the agency mm. is Bien. Mm. But even so, um, within Bien, like we have a bunch of different like little f- branches. Uh, some are bigger than others. Of course, like Media, which is like our bread and butter, that's our agency. Like Bien Media is where we work with clients on like social and visual stuff. But then um, Bien just really stands out because it's uh, it's a very unique offering. You know, it's binational for one. So our office is in San Diego and it's in TJ and we don't really see them as two separate offices. We see it as one office, you know, but it just happens to be on both sides of the border because our team is really like, it's the same people working at both offices. Yeah. But it's just that we want to switch it up sometimes. So that's really unique because we're able to really um, have our finger on the pulse on what's going on in like the States, specifically in California. And then we also have our finger on the pulse on what's going on in Latin America, not yeah. just Mexico, not just TJ, but like, you know, our work goes all the way into like Brazil sometimes and we work in Colombia. So we, um, you know, from a very small office in TJ, from a very small office in San Diego, we have like our footprint and all these crazy things, which is really, really cool. So we stand out a lot with the fact that we 
can attack things like biculturally um, That's really cool. and even within the, the biculture like latin america you can't really classify it as like one culture it's like so many yeah. different cultures and even within mexico you know so uh just being able to you know take on clients in latin america and really help them push things that are very advanced for latin america like yeah. we started doing snapchat in latin america in 2012 with one of our clients um so back then it was people were like what is that why am i gonna invest money in something that's gonna disappear mm-hmm. in 24 hours so we've always been really really pushing um you know being very bold with the way we approach uh social and and digital in general so we tend to stand out a lot with that like you know like oh they do spanish they do english they yeah. do you know stuff on both sides of the border um it makes it very very unique and like we say internally it's like bien is good you know mm-hmm. like we like to do everything really really well and give it our touch which our touch is you know we like to say that our compass is quality so we're always like going going towards quality at all times and for those who know me best like they'll know that i i just don't compromise on things very easily i'll, I'll push my team to do um you know amazing things and it really does show in the work um with the accounts that we work on and the videos and some of the things that were just behind the scenes that you'll never know it's us Mm -hmm. because you're not supposed to (laughs) and they're just like really proud moments that we have because you know we're this little agency that's winning contracts in new york and in mexico city and tulum but we are very like small very humble you know not big at all yet i love that i love that I want to rewind a little because you've lived in so many cool places, like you mentioned. And what was it like? Because you kind of have this tagline. You're a French-speaking Chicano. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, on the way here, I'm and I were like, man, this guy seems really cool. You know, like I haven't we we only really got to talk at Crafted. Shout out to Jam for inviting us. Yeah, and shout out to Jam connecting all of us and basic then agency Ian. too yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, that was really cool you know only heard a little bit about you through that and then through Ian and then you know like the more that it's kind of interesting because like I started to follow more um, like Baja brands and just all this stuff and I would see your tag just like hashtagged on there and you just kind of like what you said I'm like kind of all over the place right now but I do want to chat about how you've lived in multiple places and how that's added to your like cultural awareness and how you incorporate that into your work. Yeah, of course. I think it's it's impacted a lot actually. Um, like for me, traveling is it, it's part of my work. Like I need to leave to get inspired. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it really did all start with when I was 19 and I moved to Paris. Um, like just. Like everything made sense after that, you know. It's just like, dude, I gotta, I gotta be out in the world. I gotta be taking it all in, and I have to, to experience things. And, and you know, be be away from home, be away from your comfort zone. I think, uh, just you know, it started really with with Paris and um, coming back after being abroad for um, for a while and coming back home. It was kind of like, oh man, like I don't, I don't want to be back home. I want to leave again. So. Um, I left again in uh, in uh, 2010 to SF, and that was awesome. And all these places that I lived in have honestly just given me really, really good, um, just a lot of like my network. You know, like yeah. I've, I've increased my network uh, by a lot. Just people that I've met, stayed in touch with them. And like my job in SF in Mexico City was technically the same job. And that specific job like had me uh, going to Miami once, one week out of every month. So from oh. 2011 to 2013. So like I have this really strong connection with Miami too. I never lived there, but I just like started really, really interacting with Miami more. And it was a city that I, as when I first went there when I was 17, I really didn't like it because mm-hmm. I thought it was like very plastic and fake. But then yeah. after being there and experiencing the city, I was like the Cuban culture and like the Haitian culture and all these cool things that Miami just so digging a little deeper in cities like learning to experience cities as a local not as a tourist Mm -hmm. has really you know shaped a lot of the things because i find myself now like you know trips not just being about actually they're never about like uh 
going to uh, monuments and stuff like that. I'd much rather go like check out stores yeah. and see what you know people are doing with stores or record shops or or coffee shops. Which for me, like coffee shops tend to be like the starting point for like I meet a lot of cool people at coffee shops. So if you find like a good coffee shop from there, you're sure to meet somebody, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, living in all these places, networking, growing the network, uh, getting out of the comfort zone, super, super important. And it's now just like an addiction almost, you know, I have to take trips. Like I'm trying to take one trip a year to Tokyo to just like keep it, keep it going. And I started that in 2015 and I didn't do it last year because it got crazy. And this year I still haven't done it. So I'm like, man, I should, I should do it. But I've been going to other cool places and, um, yeah, it's just like an addiction now, you know? It, it becomes an addiction. Yeah. And Where have you traveled to this year? This year, um, we started the year off, I think we went to Colombia. Um, we've been going a lot to Colombia recently because we, uh, like one of the chefs that I work with, Diego, from Corazón de Tierra restaurant in Ensenada. Mm-hmm. I kind of manage all of his stuff. Like, I'm kind of like his manager. So whenever people want to book Diego, they go through, through Bien and uh we've been doing a lot of really cool events in colombia um so we went to bogota last year mm-hmm. uh like starting the year um that was like our first trip we did a dinner in uh at this restaurant over there called villanos in bermudas which was really cool so bogota um mexico city and honestly that's um in miami Miami as well yeah I went to Miami because we have two clients in Miami right now so uh, Miami Mexico City Bogota and uh, and that's basically I've been really really trying to stay local this year because we've been building the team and it's been really like just ups and downs with trying to get the right team and everything so uh, I just felt like this year I needed to be stay put a little bit more Mm -hmm. but um, but yeah I mean this month we're going to Colombia again so so this will be the last trip of the year maybe we're trying to go to iceland too but that's more like on the personal trip but colombia like i said before it's just becoming like that place where we like i've been going there since 2013 almost every year Mm -hmm. and we have really good friends over there and there's a lot of good opportunities for the kind of stuff that we as an agency do with like culinary um and that's also like the the place where the 50 best uh awards are this this year and last year so the pellegrino the water mm-hmm. they have a, a 50 best restaurants award and the 50 best latin american restaurants get nominated and they have this ceremony so one of our restaurants is on the list nice. and we get to go that is for so that yeah. cool. that is so awesome so you founded this in 2013 right yes i did but um <laughs> my company like my my uh operation you can say has been around since 2007 so i I really started like just like wanting to be my own thing in 2007 Mm -hmm. and i started to get um work but it was more for like concierge and like because i used to be a concierge at a hotel so uh, but then it was just like the really worst time to start a business you know 2008 2007 so it was like just a really weird time so i always tell people like yeah the business started like on paper in 2007 but like the whole rebrand and everything you see now we're like we kind of have our shit together it's like 2013 (laughs) and even so it's like we're still learning like so much you know because we're not like my partner and i we're we're both we don't come from an agency world we come from like i come from a hospitality background and he comes from uh like photography design which at the end of the day like it plays in really well with like everything that the modern agency is um and yeah i mean the company started in in 2007 but 2013 is really really like where we just started like finding of our vision like oh we want to this is what we want to do you know and and it kind of just clicked too because luis and i have uh luis is my partner we've both been like really avid users on social like i've been on twitter since 2006 i was just telling you before we started recording that today is instagram's eighth birthday so like literally eight years ago today i joined instagram and it's like it's crazy you know especially how far that platform has gone and i mean you use it for your clients and you know it's just it's it's cool you know Um, what's crazy about instagram too is that like they literally can like I, i tell this to my clients all the time it's like 
Instagram can they launch it. No, no, oh. they could disappear. That's that's like <laughs> the, what we never want to happen, yeah. I guess. But like, they could literally like launch a feature tomorrow that says like, hey, if you s- scratch your screen and sniff it, you can smell whatever the food is on. And we as an agency would just have to change our whole strategy to like to accommodate what Instagram like their new product features. So like, same thing happened with Stories, for example. When Stories yeah. launched, like we just kind of had to like get our shit together and be like how, how are we going to attack stories because everybody's going to want stories now yeah so any new thing that they launch is always like we have to adapt to it you know we can't yeah, just never be true. like posting just pictures now it's like gifts now and it's also like i saw stories. that you guys have gifts like, we do and we got them taken away actually wait are you serious yeah but they'll be back they'll be back so giphy um you know anybody can create a giphy account mm-hmm. and you can submit your gifts to be on instagram but since we represent 19 clients right now we figured it would be easier to create what is, that? A, is that rain, That's not rain. no That's like <laughs> so um we're recording outside by the way so we're w- worrying about rain right now <laughs> but uh yeah so we we opened up an agency account for bien and we started uploading like all of our clients gifts on there just to you know make it easier for us just to not have 20 accounts 19 yeah. accounts but Giphy was like, no, you guys can't do that. Every account needs to have their own thing. So the submit process takes about two months to get like approved as a approved account and everything. Wow. So like we're starting back from step one again. And we got our own gifts taken away, which sucks. Because we had the Bien gifts. That. And yeah. then we had like gifts for Tacos El Gordo and for other clients. And they're really cool because like when you look at the analytics on those, it's like, like Tacos El Gordo's gift had like over 160,000. Tacos El Gordo has a gift? They had. Oh, oh, they will have again. They will have five so gifts. That's crazy. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. Oh gosh. And it's just, you know, they're they're just so popular with all of our users uh, on that account that we figured like, let's give them something that they can actually like, you know, it could be a little bit more branded for the client. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It's great. Also, it's worth everything. Also, Tacos El Gordo is your client? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. So do you always get free tacos? You know what? We we don't we never um, like we never just show up to get free tacos. But the thing is that we do like you know those pictures come from somewhere, and those tacos have to go somewhere too. You know, so we end up eating them most of the time. <laughs> and our photo shoots are really fun. If you ever want to come to one, like it's um, it's like yes. food galore. Like I we shoot, you know, um, once a quarter we shoot with every client. Mm. So those shoots are like just tons of food. Yeah. Tons of food, tons of food, That's tons of tacos. Yeah, I've heard a lot of because at one point I wanted to start an agency, and you know I might do something with Ian down the line. But like our process, and at least like for my last job doing social media strategy and like planning it out, it would always be like a monthly shoot. It would always mm. be like okay, every beginning of the month, this is when we strategize. But I guess because you have so many different clients and so many different accounts, like is that your game plan for every single client like how does that work for you and how do you plan and execute everything for all the different clients that you have it's really tough like our current formula Mm -hmm. that we developed took five years to like not perfect but just to now like i can sit down at a meeting with a client or a prospective client and be like this is what we do this is how many times we do it this is how it works where before it was like we just had no idea like we just knew we wanted to post pictures on instagram and do tweets and stuff like that so what happened was that um i really like two years ago um i just kind of wanted to really structure everything really really well so one of the things that we do really really well at bien is we actually we you know we we listen we listen we listen we listen to a lot of what our clients have to say and if you look at our clients it's all hospitality food beverage so there are people that are are um they know what they want you know like mm-hmm. you know especially chefs and, and hoteliers like hoteliers yeah. we always say want heads and beds right <laughs> and and uh you know restaurant people want people in front of plates but what are some of the challenges that they have and one of the things that every single uh account complained about was photography not because it was difficult to find photographers but simply because the photographers that are out there these days all kind of work on like this old school model of like hey i'll give you 40 pictures for thousand dollars or 20 uh, pictures yes. and it's like yes. me as an agency i'm like dude 40 pictures that it's will last me it. one month you know yeah. so like next month i have to pay you a, a grand again it's just not sustainable for for anybody so 
the idea was for us to create sustainability, right? So to create something that these restaurants could commit to on a monthly basis that would make sense for everybody. And obviously, you know, there's different levels. Like some accounts might require monthly shoots because they have events or stuff like that. But our very basic package, which is basic for us, but it might be really intense for other agencies, um, is 40 pictures a month. So that's almost, uh, well, that is 10 pictures a week. So when we go out and do a shoot, we go with the intention of shooting 120 shots so that we can survive three months. Mm -hmm. And that's not even included like user generated content. Cause like for Tacos al Gordo, our strategy is like a lot of user content, Yeah. but we can go to a shoots now just knowing that like, Hey, like, you know, I'll, I'll take a camera. Luis takes a camera. We'll take a drone. We'll take something else. And we know that like, Hey, shot list. Mm-hmm. tacos on the table we need 10 shots of this hey trompo shots let's get like 15 <laughs> of those and at the end of the day it's just like 120 shots is really not that much but also like the style of photography that we do compared to like like a i don't want to say a real photographer but like a professional like photographer that does photography for a living <laughs> yeah. is like we'll shoot like random shots of, of a bird that's sitting on a you know perched on the on the wall next to the restaurant or we'll do like a shot of that buddha right there with the leaves mm-hmm. like because like if we're going to post on a monday like we can't waste like the money shot on the monday you know we wait for like sunday night on some accounts and we'll wait for like taco tuesday which on on gordo is like a really popular day so like we shoot stuff that's um you know geared towards surviving you know like we have to post 40 times a week for the rest of our lives (laughs) so like with that mentality yeah like we'll go into photo shoots once a quarter and shoot 120 120 shots which most of the time end up being more than that. But our team goes in with like a very basic formula, which is exteriors. So these are shots, exteriors, interiors, process, ingredients, portraits, details, which is like random shots on the table, you know, flat lay shots, and then just like close-ups of a product or a dish from like multiple angles. And that's just like, super easy like we'll we'll bust a shoot like it might take us three or four hours or more mm-hmm. but you know all that work is like cool like we're done for the next three months with photos for this account you know wow. and then we multiply that by 19 which is how many clients we currently we have, have now 19 clients right now yeah oh shit. yeah and we had more but we've let go of clients too like i wanted to mention that on, on the podcast because it's like we uh we're all about quality over quantity yeah. so for us like if the client is not the right fit like we have no problem just being really honest with them like hey you know what like we probably not the right agency for you just Mm -hmm. because like we're not the type of agency that's going to be um you know we listen but we also like if you hire us we wanted you to be bold and be like creative and experiment with new things you know because otherwise it's like not fun to To just be posting pictures and you know so we we stay away from that so right now we have 19 accounts that we really love and we're growing with them and you know things are good yeah damn that is very impressive how big is your team six right now six Six people people and seven if you count our our accountant bryant who is uh he's like part of the team part of the family but he's like his own but we've been working together since we work and we just you know became good friends and now he works out of our office does all of our accounting and we, we like to consider him as part of the team but in reality like like our team is six and then uh Bryant seven. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Do you find it difficult to manage a team? Very. Extremely difficult. Like it's been my biggest challenge, like flat out. Like I I I don't wanna say I suck at it, but I'm getting better at it for yeah. sure. Just because I've never been on like the manager side of things. I've mm-hmm. always been like doing stuff. And like for managers now, or just in general, like because my role is more than just a manager. I'm like, the, I run the the company, so it's just like my days sometimes are just so boring from what I used to do. Yeah. And I just want to really get away from like just like the admin and clerical work, like to get back to like creating and and co-creating and doing cool things. Because right now, I just like I'm the last year has just been growing the team. Like, you know, hiring, interviewing, training, uh, you know, the learning curve, all these questions and stuff. And obviously, like, you know, everybody is their own little world, right? So Mm -hmm. I have to be really 
just understanding of what everybody's going through you know it's not just one person it's six people now and the responsibility that that we have like six people depend on you know us to to do stuff you know for their lives you know i'm going to say like they're we're their everything but it's like you know we uh we have this huge responsibility to just make sure that we keep growing and that mm-hmm. we you know we have enough money to pay people at you know this yeah. month next month like i'm already thinking about christmas bonuses for example that are coming up in december and just like making necessary adjustments right now that we're still like in time to make sure that like that i have a, something to give people because we do want our company to be like bien to not just be like a job but also like a family Aww. so you know we want to have cool company culture and we're still not like google and like have a kitchen or anything like that yeah. but but we're getting we're getting we're making small steps dude i mean the fact that you took this idea because just because you didn't want to work in your hospitality roles anymore like what was that moment that you're like okay i want to start an agency and like where you are now you've grown it to managing six people and 19 accounts like that's very impressive mm-hmm. even though it took you so much time to get here just the fact that you've continued to have this business and thrive in it and you can be selective with your clients because i know that you know starting out that's not easy yeah you know so the moment to start the agency didn't happen <coughs> till much later but i can tell you the moment that like kind of everything happened for me and, it, and i can recall the day exactly i was in mexico city i was at my office so my old job that i had so i was i was managing um like i was the account manager slash like bunch of hats <laughs> for for american express and for Citibank. those are my two accounts that i was working on for uh, launching uh, concierge in Latin America for those two clients. So mm-hmm. it was really crazy. Like banks are banks. They're not like fun, like working with like a restaurant like Tacos del Gordo. So there's a lot of like red tape. Everything has to go through legal and, and had all these really cool ideas for like how to launch things and how to do things. And I just found that it was like everything got shot down. It was like, you know, I was trying to do Instagram stuff back then for these accounts. And it was like, oh yeah, but our legal team yeah they're gonna have to they'll get back to us probably like in six months and it was always like just like dude i don't want to just be like wasting my time here you know like i i signed up to be to do cool things so i was at the office one day and i had just gotten back from like buenos aires or some something like my days in mexico city were really cool but it was also like literally like out two three weeks out of the month so it was very tiring and i was at the office one day and i was like the fuck am i doing man like sucks like Mm -hmm. i love i love mexico city but i hate my job and i hate the way it makes me feel and i just like you know i just kind of want to be back in cali you know and and like that you know if if you're from here from california you sometimes just kind of like long for being i know when you were in new york and your stories like i think one of them you're like i'm just ready to go home or something you're like you miss cali you know yeah I kind of was like that. I was just like, I want to, I want to be home. I want to be, you know, close to water. Even though I'm not a beach person, but I just like the the water energy, you know, mm-hmm. like being back home. And I, I just, you know, without even thinking about it, I wrote a resignation letter, and I hit send, and literally like just like said bye to everybody. I was like, hey, peace out, everybody. I'm, I'm out. Wow. And I was like, I'm out, and they were like, where are you going? Because it was pretty early in the day. It was like 2 p.m. I didn't even want to finish the day, man. And uh, obviously, like, the resignation letter wasn't like, I'm out for good. It's just like, you know, hey, like, I'll give you guys a month to, like, figure it out. And even though, like, when I put that letter of resignation in, it was kind of, it sparked everything because from there, the clients were like, hey, like, if you're leaving this company, because I was working for a British company that did, like, all the work for these banks. And, um really good you know they're really good to me and nothing but good things to say about them but the clients were like hey like we don't want you to leave like we need you like this is really important you know they were we were launching concierge in 13 markets in uh in latin america so they were like you can't leave us now like how about we just hire you like as your own thing as a consultant Mm -hmm. and i was like okay so that means like i don't have to come to the office like i can work on my own i can do whatever i want on the side because you know my job wasn't really like 
I can like it, I could do it in four hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just like okay, so yeah, let's do it. So that kind of pushed me from being like my sole sole prop uh, business entity that I had been since 2007 to like actually being an LLC, which kind of like just kind of like oh shit, yeah, like everything legit. Everything was like more legit. Yeah. So that happened in 2013, and from then on, yeah. it was like okay. Um, <clears throat> You know, I was telling you before we we hit record that we kind of started BN as this booking engine for hotels. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to, like, create a really cool, um, you know, website similar to what, like, Tablet or Design Hotels is. But for hotels like Encuentro Guadalupe, Campera, One Bunk, more unique offerings. And just in the whole process, we're like, man, this system is really screwed up. Like, so, like, we get a hotel to sign up to our website and then we go through a third-party system to charge the hotel 20% commission on every booking. And it just didn't really make sense for the hotels, especially when we were trying to position ourselves as, like, the helpful ones yeah. for the hotels. And we're like, you know what? Like, we feel that this is the wrong direction to go to. And we'd rather, like, promote you guys on social media and drive bookings to your own website so you don't have to pay any commissions. And... It was a very hard sell at the beginning because in 2013, like, like even American hotels were not really that confident in what Instagram could bring to the table. Mm-hmm. But in Latin America, which has been like you know where we've really really grown, like the hotels down there were like, but what is it? What is Instagram? I don't even have it. It's like, are you talking about Facebook? No, we are, <laughs> but we're not. You know, we'll be on Facebook, but we want to really really push Instagram. Yeah. So it was a really tough sell, and uh, it took two years to sign our first hotel client like wow. at, on a monthly basis and and that happened in 2015 so um i mean late 2015 too <laughs> literally mm-hmm. like 2016 so like you know it took two years to like just kind of put together the the plan of attack and just knock on doors at the very beginning and now it's like you know we kind of became an agency without even knowing it that which is, is weird cool. yeah. you know because wow. now I'm like Googling like stuff like what are agency roles? You know, I did that two days ago because I was like, really? how does what are some of the roles that I need to have? You know, mm. now that I like I technically am yeah. an agency. But yeah, I mean, we we don't really call ourselves like a marketing agency either because we don't focus on marketing. Like I'm not like you don't hire us to do just like sales. We You hire us to, to brand your business because mm-hmm. that's what we're really good at. Like we suck at like pushing things down your throat. But if you want to do like storytelling and you want to like yes. subtly tell people how your brand works and then from time to time like invite people to, to, to buy something or whatever like yeah like we'll be perfect for you but not to um, to just be like a, an engine of like sales you know that's mm-hmm. totally not us but yeah that's that's how it kind of started and and now like it's just it's, it's going somewhere you know yeah I love that I love that you use storytelling as a tool because it's so important to cultivate that with your audience no matter like who you're doing it for and people just you know want to get to know the brand first it's kind of like gary v's philosophy yeah. you know that jab 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 hook yeah yeah so totally, totally instead of like here i'm gonna push this down your throat and you're gonna buy it eventually but you know it's it's such a weird concept um but kind of like going on what you were saying like you don't really consider yourself an agency you did mention to me that you consider your guys or you consider bn a culture studio yeah Let's talk about that. Yeah. So it's it's this, this <clears throat> term or whatever that I kind of like just came up with. Um, and I, I don't want to say I invented it because I probably didn't. But it's just like it made sense for us to call ourselves something more than just an agency. Mm-hmm. And I've always liked the word studio because studio can be like, you know, it can be anything. A design studio, creative studio, dance yeah. studio. <laughs> and um, I really want to be in to be a studio of something. And when I was thinking about like what kind of studio are we like culture you know we're a culture studio because when we work with brands like we're not necessarily communicating like uh an offer or whatever we're communicating their culture Mm -hmm. you know whether that's you know organic farming or you know taquerias or whatever like we try to really understand what they represent and what they want to talk about you know what's their culture And, and we portray that online and also because our culture you know, as a company, like BN's culture, like we're not just an agency 
per se, but we also have things which I have some shirts for you guys. But but we do uh, we do things like being goods. So goods is our line of like stuff, and it's just like co it's original and co-created things. So like we we've uh, been working on like a tote bag with Miles and Louie and TJ that were like kind of like gonna brand it with like BN but with their stuff as well we Very came cool. up with our own line of shirts like the one I'm wearing today which we just did these for fun to give to our clients and then all of a sudden like people were like I want one I want one and now we make three shirts a year just for fun and so, so we have that we have our events that we do offline and you know we just did a concert last month so we just don't want to be like cornered yeah cornered into like you only can only do agency things it's like hey we want to do a concert but we also want to do shirts and you know what like i also want to do breakfast burritos tj style with my brand on it like is that <laughs> is that not accepted like that so like cool. there's like you know we just want to use bien as like the, <laughs> the the studio where we can like kind of put culture yeah. in and and kind of like work it see where yeah. it goes and our whole team you know the six people that work with us they understand that they, you know media is like the big you know it's the backbone of the company but the team is also encouraged to you know put together put forth you know ideas for like our concert that we just had with girl ultra and tj like it was really cool like my whole team helped out from like you know making sure the artist was ready to getting her tea before the concert to like organizing like just like the whole concert itself like so it was really cool so you know cool. so that's for me like that's what kind of like what the culture studio like vibe is all about um we try to you know be a studio for culture wow. you know and that could be that a lot so of things dope. that's really fascinating that like because i feel like especially as you know people like myself and ian like we're so multi-passionate and we always we're like oh we don't want to just stick into <laughs> one thing you know, I have this podcast, but I, I also blog. And, it, like, when people ask me, like, oh, what do you do? You know, it's, like, always such a... It's a hard question to answer. It is. Especially for your parents. Like, I don't know if your parents ever asked <laughs> oh, you that question. <laughs> it's, like, they're, like, yeah. so confused. Uh, but like, wait, but I thought you did... You're working with restaurants. Yes, but, like, so I still do. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I love that you bring all of your different passions and you are able to create something from your brand and still like house it under the same thing without compromising like the quality of anything else mm -hmm. you know you, like you still are able to create quality products quality experiences and then quality content like kind of like what you said like you really focus <laughs> on that and i think a lot of us don't really know where to start so what do you think is like a piece of advice coming from you and like your experience to just get people to start doing something because yes like that's your backbone doing media and creating those stories for your clients but you're also able to navigate in different you know industries mm -hmm. at the same time i feel like so many people have trouble maybe narrowing it down or really like you know everyone's like you need to find your niche you need to find your niche you know i i still have trouble defining my niche because i'm just like i don't want to be defined in a box and like the things that i have passion for travel community lifestyle food like but that's like everything yeah right but there's still you could still add your own like twist to it and i feel like people still kind of either come to me or always seek advice to figure out what that thing is yeah i feel like you like i always tell uh, younger younger kids these days that uh, it's almost like a magazine like you got to think of yourself as like a magazine almost like you know let's take gq for example right mm -hmm. um gq magazine like yes it's gq and it represents like the gq like vibe lifestyle but like if you open up a magazine gq or vogue you're not just going to find like one there's like travel there's coffee there's fashion there's culture there's news there's like all kinds of things right so um, if you learn to really um, kind of see yourself like like hey like I don't need to just be one thing but I can be like you know like your brand is your magazine you know what I mean like what kind of magazine are you going to be uh, what's your aesthetic going to be so I do feel that like even though you can do all kinds of stuff it's just good for you to also at the same time like never neglect your personal brand you know like what what you represent as well 
And my advice for everybody is just baby steps, like small victories, because a lot of times people think like this shit happens overnight and it really doesn't, like it just doesn't. Um, and even with Bien now, like if you look at how, like where we are now, like it really started back in 2005, you know, like when I got my first job and it really like all these events happened mm -hmm. to where I'm now, like where I'm at now, right? So um, small victories, like just get started with something really, really small and like, you know, two, three times, like, you know, if you're not posting anything on IG right now, like try to do three posts a week and you know try to just be consistent on that i'm big on habit building so it's just like you know find that and it will create a trigger habit and then you'll start like just starts affecting every yeah. every every other thing so like i tell my team like if you guys can commit to like just something really really small and be consistent on it you'll be surprised like all of a sudden you like you'll be drinking more water you'll be like eating healthier you'll be doing things a little bit healthier and just yeah approach it with with that kind of mindset like you know get started with really really baby steps be consistent and also just don't feel that you need to be like defined for one specific thing like like my favorite magazines like my favorite magazine is monocle and monocle has like it covers so many cool things like it covers amazing things like just everything so if i was a magazine i'd be that one for example like it'd be like monocle mac because it just it's it's has a bunch of cool things like i love fashion but i also love travel and i also mm -hmm. like tech and i also want to kind of find out what the world what's going on in the world from a, like a non you know bias or just a very you know uh basic uh writings and like that's what i like right i like monocle so you can do you can do all kinds of stuff these days like you know you yeah you don't you can be a dj too you know <laughs> like with, you do everything. don't tell ian that i'm just kidding you can do all kinds of stuff it's like you know it's so easy now to just kind of do things and it is because we have technology at our fingertips there's youtube there's google like i've learned so much since ian's been gone for a few weeks i've had so much extra time on my hands so i've been reading a lot and literally like i have that like two month subscription to skillshare and like just like learning a bunch of things and like even things that like don't necessarily pertain to like doing what i do like content creation or storytelling and it's just like oh how to watercolor and just like little things and it's that's cool and it's so important to even have that like how do you even find the time to do things outside of work i feel like balance is something a lot yeah of people struggle with too what well, i have these rituals that i'm really really committed to like like my morning ritual is like sacred to me like i can't just wake up and start work i mean i could but i need to give myself time to like you know i'll wake up like at 6 6 45 6 30 like i'll be out and like that i don't get to the office till 10 so those couple hours like i want to use them to first of all like catch up on what happened in the world mm -hmm. so i'll listen to like one podcast in the morning it's called uh, the globalist by monocle cool. i really like that just gives you like quick overview of what happened i try to read 20 pages in the morning um and i read on kindle so like it's really easy to oh, nice. just take my kindle with me somewhere and read 20 pages it's like small victory you know what i mean like and it's actually a lot i should probably lower it to 10 because like after a while because on kindle like one page mm -hmm. like one page flip might be like three pages oh, on kindle really? like you know you'll flip three times on kindle and it'll be like page three to page four it won't necessarily be like flip page four flip page five it's like mm -hmm. flip 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 you know so it's like sometimes i lose track i'm like wait did i just read 20 pages or is it really just 10 that i read so um yeah i do a lot of kindle reading and in the mornings like for me it's like if i start my mornings off right mm -hmm. coffee culture just reading like right now i'm reading phil knight uh shoe dog i think it's called the, the book so you know it's 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 a mix of like business books poetry whatever but like i'm really really like committed to my morning ritual <coughs> and besides that like everything else I'm, I'm i'm stoked that like i have a girlfriend that really you know works hard as well so like for us like we can go to a coffee shop and just geek out for hours and it's like 
totally cool you know what i mean yeah. like we're we're spending time together but we're also like doing doing work and uh it's it's really tough though like i can't really say that i'm i'm balanced all the time <laughs> uh when i take trips for example like I co i'll come back to san diego and I'm, i'll be like super off balance like I'll, i'll be like i lost my mojo you know like like my workflow won't be the same till like like this trip to colombia coming up i know that it's gonna take like five days to just get back into, into the hustle routine. you know because mm -hmm. as much as i want to be on the hustle over there like wi-fi is not as good data roaming like uh, it, i will have 3g and nowadays like 3g is like ah you know like oh, it's God, the, i can't do anything with i can't so even put a story up on 3g so um it'll take a while and um i mean the balance is always something that's there just you know staying sane not getting stressed mm -hmm. over things is like the biggest part you know and obviously like i there just has to be a point of the day where you're just like i'm done you know like disconnect offline just yeah. for for a bit you know it's like meditate or whatever but it's just like i have to get better at that like i feel like just disconnecting because it's just so hard i mean even if you wear your apple watch or whatever it's just like you're constantly being pinged about stuff mm -hmm. notifications and if you can imagine like these 19 accounts that i'm telling you about like all the notifications that come in it's just nuts so we um we're getting better at it as a team too you know as a team we need to to just disconnect because some of my team members right now like they'll work on weekends and they're resp they're replying to like dms at like midnight i'm like guys Aww. don't like don't like i won't get pissed if this dm doesn't get answered till the next day or like till monday but they're really committed like they understand that like the current like hustle is just mm -hmm. like people are connected at all times right yeah all times that is so crazy yeah i'd love to hear about your process when you like hire people because you're kind of like the first person that i've talked to who actually manages a team um usually you know it's usually just like a solar solo entrepreneur or you know they just really account for themselves but since you manage yourself plus like all of these other people how is it like doing the hiring process and like if they're not a good fit and like what goes like what are the things that go through your head like when you do decide like okay i want this person on my team yeah um i read a book a couple years ago um called the gold standard but the name might might be different right <laughs> the one for the ritz carlton guy is that the one Oh, no, we're just like Gold Standard Studios. Uh, oh, Gold Standard Studios, okay. <laughs> yeah, so the Gold Standard was this book that I was recommended, um, which I forget the name of the author, but he's a PhD psychologist who wanted to understand why the Ritz-Carlton hotel brand was so successful, like mm. all across the board. And I became interested in the book because my friend who worked at Apple told me that Steve Jobs designed the Apple stores based on like this book. Because if you ever go to an Apple store, like, it's consistent across the board. Like, everywhere you go, like, no matter if it's Apple store at Fashion Valley or Fashion uh, Apple store Paris, like, it's just a warm and, like, people help you out. It's, like, really good experience, right? So, um, I was intrigued by that. And uh, one of the <coughs> things that this book really, really dives deep on is selective hiring. Not to just, like, hire anybody, but be selective on your hiring. And selective in the term that you need to you know make sure that the people you're hiring like understand the work understand like the level of hustle that we're at like because if you join bn right now it's like we're such a small company that you know we do expect a lot from from everybody not because we're trying to be mean but it's just like we're moving fast you know like and mm -hmm. things just come at us like really really fast so we have to find a way to like address these things right that we're not prepared for because there's we're not following like any manual rule book on like how to run a social media agency step one you know like we don't know what that's all about so um selective hiring has been amazing and that's one of the things that ritz does that's one of the things that nordstrom does that's one of the things that apple does and it's you know finding the right people for your company so we um we have like a, a not necessarily a quiz but a questionnaire that you know people that are interested and when we are hiring we open it up to people to look at it and it's just questions like do you have an instagram account yes no do you have because we do want everybody to like if you're going to work with us like you have to have a twitter account for example mm -hmm. like 
not because like I'm expecting you to be a Twitter influencer or just a Twitter uh, maniac, but I just want you to understand like if I'm talking about Twitter for a client, like hey, so and so just DM'd us on Twitter and retweeted this and it had a thread like that you it, that it's not like speaking like a different language to you that you know what that means, right? So uh, we just ask a bunch of questions and like one of the last questions that we ask is like who would win in a fight? Uh, and I hate that it's a fight. I might have to change it because I'm like anti-violence. But it's like, who would win in a fight between Batman and Superman and why? So that's a question that I just leave at the end simply because I want to understand like the why is like, tell me about it. Like, why would he win? And like, we've gotten really cool answers that like, you know, Batman because he can do this and Superman because like blah, blah, blah. And like some of the candidates have gone like really deep, which is mm-hmm. what I like, that creativity of like just getting the storytelling mm-hmm. is what I'm looking for. So I just plant something very, very simple like that. And then after that first like application, you could say, if they make it past that, I invite them in for uh, a phone interview. And then if they get past the phone interview, they get invited into the office for a face-to-face interview. And then the final interview is done by my team. So my team has a say in everybody new that's coming on board. So they are going to like, like I tell the, you know, the last uh, person we brought on board, it's like, dude, so I think you're really cool. Like I want to hire you, but like now you're going to have to go through my team. Like if they don't like you, like (laughs) I'm sorry, you know what I mean? But like you're making it past me. So that's already a good thing. But yeah like now it's like the team like if they think you're a good fit for them if you vibe with them like because i do want to they don't necessarily need to be like the same exact person or they don't have to have the same backgrounds or anything at all but it's just like you know if the team thinks you're a good fit you know and the team knows their strengths and weaknesses so i think that's what's really cool about the the group that i have now is that we all understand that like hey i might not be the best person at this but Mm -hmm. like he is the best person at that or she does this really well so uh once they get past that final stage um that's when like we tell them like all right cool here's here's a contract and let's start off with a three-month contract we don't bring on anybody like fully fully on board until uh this like 90 month probation that we call it and it's simply because in 90 days three months like we can find out number one that hey like you just you're somebody that interviews really really well but you don't really hustle that hard you know or you might uh we might just realize that like we might not be the right fit for for them either you know like they might be seeking like comfort and security right now which not to say that we you know we, we you can count on a check month to month but it's like hey like it's not like a comfortable position yet because dude things can happen you know like things can go viral overnight with like good things and bad things that you just kind of need to deal with it we're not just like a clock in clock out kind of place um so if they make it past those 90 days then yeah then cool things start to happen and you can already see it with some of the kids that we have um that you know you can see that you know after their second week like they're in it for the long term you know and that's the kind of mentality that we want not to say that i'm looking for everybody to stay forever at bn because mm-hmm. i understand also that you know we we have this responsibility to also like be a stepping stone for them maybe we're just like something that they're going to learn a bunch of stuff and if they start their own agency like i i have no hate for them like if like i tell everybody look if you you'll learn a lot here and if you guys want to do your own thing at some point cool you know like You'll have my blessing, like honestly, like I'm not, like. Totally, 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 yeah. So that selectiveness, man, is really, like, those six people that I have, like, are really, like, good, you know. And anybody else who wants to join just has to go through that same exact process. And uh, I didn't create it. I just I'm I'm taking it from, you know, what I saw at uh, Ritz. Mm-hmm. what jobs used to do at the apple store <clears throat> what i also see like at lululemon have you guys ever shopped at lululemon no it's, it's freaking amazing <laughs> yeah it is that's the thing it is and i was not going to spend money on on uh on anything there was my friend ben was like dude the lululemon pants are amazing because i was looking for joggers so i went in the other day i was by the apple store 
went to go get an adapter and I was like, oh, let me check out the Lululemon pants. But this is like the cool thing about like brands that do this kind of shit. It's like they made me feel so warm, so welcome that before I knew it, I was just checking out with like a $128 pair of pants. And I was like, what the, what did I just do right now? (laughs) And then, yeah, yeah. So then when I got home, I was like already having second thoughts about it. So I was like, man, like I tried them on again at the house and like, oh, they fit kind of long. So I called back and I'm like, <clears throat> hey, uh, what's your, you know, I just bought these right now and um, they're kind of long and whatever. Um, I could have just looked at the receipt too, but I called and I was like, okay, you, you guys, can I return them? Because I had already taken the the, the tags off. Oh, okay. And uh, they're like, yeah, sure, but why don't you take advantage of our free alteration service? Like, you know, so wow. like, so I went in again <laughs> and again felt the love and I was like, dude, like this is companies like they're doing it right. I bet you they read the gold standard or they, you know, they're just fans of like that kind of like style of. <laughs> yeah, dude, great. they're really, really good. And yeah. honestly, like, sh- like shouts to Lululemon. Dude, though. customer service is number one. Sponsor yeah. Alyssa's podcast, Lululemon. <laughs> Lululemon? Man. I know. Hey, guys. <laughs> That'd be great. It would really be good. so comfortable. I would love to enjoy my coffee in Lululemon, you guys. Like, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we just got sidetracked. Right I know. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> but no, this is great. I but really they have great customers. I bet you they yeah. have like a crazy hiring process because like everybody there oh, like just drink the Kool Aid. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they all like mm-hmm. are on super on brand. And they have to, yeah, they have to fit that caliber of living like that lifestyle oh yeah just like you know for the people that work for you they have to live that lifestyle for it to make sense exactly exactly yeah Yeah. like they have to be on on social they have to like just get it like esteban for example he's one of our community managers and he uh oversees the insurgente account the beer Mm -hmm. account and it was a really interesting choice for me to give him that account because he's like one of our newest hires but he loves the brand like he goes and drinks beer at the Insurgente tap room in TJ. Like he has a six pack in his fridge. Like he loves a brand. So it just kind of made sense to like, even though it's one of our most important brands that we work with, um, to give him that account and that responsibility because it's like, dude, like you live this brand That's so every cool. day. Yeah. Like you should be representing it, you know, like instead of representing uh, a hotel that he doesn't stay at every day. And everybody who works on like so my community managers, they each work on five accounts. So um, so five accounts per person. And that's like before it was like more than that. And we just restructured it to make everybody's lives like easier, better, tolerable. tolerable <laughs> yeah, because before it was like we're so small that we were like some some community managers were doing 10 accounts. So it just got it was getting crazy, crazy. So we narrowed it down to five, um, which is more manageable. And um you know, we try to like get you those five accounts that you feel most passionate about, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, I mean, when you find people that like live the brands, like man, like it's it's it just takes it to the next level. You know, like the whole yeah. experience on social media for somebody that that really loves <laughs> what they're talking about, you, you can feel it. You know, mm-hmm. you can That's experience so cool. it. Yeah, yeah. like I, I tell my team this, like going back to the Lululemon story, like. Like every time somebody comments on a post or somebody like sends you a DM, it's almost as if somebody's walking into your shop. Like, you know, if it's Tacos del Gordo, it's like somebody's walking in and going to the counter to ask a question or to say hello. You know, an, emo- an emoji with a fist bump or a wave is like literally somebody walking in like, hey, what's up? How's it, how's it going? So we want to, you know, talk to people you know not just let them go unanswered because i hate walking into a store where nobody acknowledges you yeah. or a hotel where you walk in and people are like on their phones or chatting you know you know with their colleagues which cool like chat with them but when you're on stage like you're putting on a show like as much as you don't like mm-hmm. that you know like you're supposed to you know put on this this the show it's like it's not a fake show but it's like you gotta greet people. You gotta, you know, you gotta, to show you gotta create create these experiences. Yeah. So, we we go with that mentality really, really hard. Like, like that we're like digital hospitality is what we yeah. call it. You totally bring your hospitality experience as being like what concierge, right? Yeah. Into your work, and that's so important. Yeah. 
that's probably why you've cultivated so many great experiences yeah. and these relationships with your clients and <clears throat> your audience. So that's really cool. Yeah, thank that's you. Incredible. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, Dude. the concierge world is crazy. It's like a secret society. Uh, I've heard. You know, yeah. I I worked at UTC and they have their own concierge, and we've gotten invited to just like a bunch of concierge association yes. stuff. Dude, yeah. I've been to one that. I forgot where, but it was like so intense. There was like awards and just random stuff. And I was like, I'm just here for the food. Yeah. So cr crazy story about concierges. It's been around since the 1400s, like a concierge. So like, have you ever seen the, the logo of a concierge's keys? Like little keys. Mm -hmm. So like, like remember Wes Anderson movie, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm -hmm. So like the logo of the movie was like these two little keys and like concierges back in the days like 1400s uh in france they were the people in the castle that used to light the candles so they would have keys to every single room in the house because they would need to be like oh like there's a meeting at 2 p.m with the king and so and so in this room i need to go light candles here so he would be somebody that, that was always in the know because people would be like hey what's going on today like where are you lighting candles oh well there's like so and so the king of belgium is coming to meet the king of france at 3 p.m you know so it would always be like in the know uh concierge so uh it's been around for like a really really long time and it's it's a real like it's like secret society it really is like there's like the clay door which is like the bigger association the global one wow. which is the one where it's like it gets really like it, it gets cool it's fun <laughs> That's really dope, dude. Yeah. Sweet. Well, we kind of already touched on like that last piece of advice you'd give to people. We're going to leave you with one last question. If you could have coffee with anybody in the world. Coffee with anybody be? in the world? Well, I think Dead I would. Alive. Yeah, I, I would have to choose Gary V, honestly. Nice. Just because Gary V like, has been such a huge inspiration for me since I started listening to him on Wine Library TV years and years ago. And now <laughs> to see him where he's at now and... I know it would probably be like a really quick coffee because he like he can only He's give you like five minutes yeah. or like two minutes. I was listening to like yesterday's podcast where he was on with uh, the people from Iconic. I don't know if you guys heard heard that one. The guys mm -hmm. that do the yeah. like these posters, like art, and they sell to people. But the guys like yeah, I remember my first meeting with Gary was like I got this calendar invite that was from ten to ten fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I was like shit, like Damn. that's all I'm getting. So, like, yeah, it'd probably be him. I know it'd be quick, but I feel like he can kind of point me in the right direction. Some of the doubts that I have with stuff that, you know, he, he's probably the... <coughs> just stuff that I probably already know, but just, like, the way he says it would yeah. probably just be like, oh, shit, oh, like, man. snap out of it, yeah, you know? Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, so it would be gravy. What about you? Who's yours right now? I have a lot. I, ha I literally have Does a Does it list. change every week or what? Um, yes and no. I mean... The last podcast I shared, it would be Kristen Bell. I fucking love her. Um, it would be Marie Forleo. She's kind of like Gary Vee, less aggressive, just very, she's, she's such a dope speaker. And I really love that she just curates like a passionate and like loving and warm kind of experience like i've never met her but like i would love to and is she from uh, california no she's actually from jersey okay. so she has that like jersey girl like attitude but she delivers it with like professionalism and she's i don't know how to what to describe her as but she has like a coaching course she's a coaching like consultant she has she like quit her business or she quit like I don't even know where to start with her story. Like, I don't want to start right now. But basically, she has this thing called B-School. And she teaches, like, thousands and thousands of students online just how to, you know, be the best in your own business brand and really show up and be intentional. And how to cultivate that, like, system so that you can create, like, your own sustainable business. And it's like one of those things like, yeah, you invest a ton of money in, but like it's changed people's lives. And just like she has a podcast, she has a show kind of like Gary Vee and she's just so cool. I really like her attitude and she's talked to so many inspiring people um, and Gary Vee is one of them. So like you should listen to that podcast. Yeah, I want to check Corleo it out. And um, Gary Vee. It's so good. And they're like they're 
they're so complementary and like their idealism is the same so it's a really interesting that's cool i need to check it out yeah might have to link me on that if you have the link later yeah send it oh i will definitely listen to it so cool but yeah cool well thanks for having me Alyssa. thanks for being here and before we let you go um let people know where to find you and connect with you okay so my personal um like anywhere on social uh ig twitter like all the other stuff even twitch now i guess i have a profile but it's narbig and it's my name spelled backwards so it's n-a-r-b-i-g that's my personal and then bien you can find it at bien made so b-i-e-n made and that's our our uh, account for the company uh and then from there like if you'll see the people that we follow are mostly our clients so if you want to see other work that we do you can check out the other accounts which are way more active and every day they're posting stuff that's awesome yeah thank you yeah thank you thank you guys (laughs) cheers (laughs) thank you guys for tuning in we'll catch you in the next episode bye